All right. Well, a very warm welcome to all of you, and especially those who've never been at Warwick. I'm thinking of our speakers uh, today, and also, of course, I'm thinking of uh, Vincent Meyer, who very generously sponsored Lydia's visit this week as a visiting professor in the philosophy of music. Something that's particularly important, I think, at Warwick, given the fact that we unfortunately don't have a music department. So I hope that this is the beginning of a momentum that we're to have more music at Boric. Um, the idea behind the week as a whole and today's day in particular, about which Lydia will say a few things um, herself later on, was to bring together uh, philosophy and music in a sort of dialogue with the arts, the visual arts, as well as literature. So we'll see how successful this uh, sort of experiment is at the, at the end of Day. But I'm, I'm quite confident that we have the relevant people at least to try and make it work as, as an experiment. Um, I also wanted to thank very much the Institute of Advanced Studies for their, their hospitality here um, and their generosity also. Um, and Laura Meadows, especially their administrator, who's been working very hard to make this, this day happen. Um, I'd like now to, well, introduce for those of you who don't know Lydia, but you all do. Uh, Lydia is a professor of philosophy and aesthetics at, the, at Columbia University. Uh, she's a very internationally um, known figure for her work on philosophy of music. Let me simply mention two works of hers uh, recently published at the Imagining Museum of Musical Works, which was published in 2007. Second edition. Second edition. <laughs> first, my first book. <laughs> uh, an essay of music, and um, more recently, Elective Affinities, Musical Essays of Aesthetic Theory, and that's Columbia 2008. Now, Lydia, over to you now, and I think you can say a few things about the idea behind the, the day as a whole, and the, and the figure of four, and about your title in particular. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm extremely pleased to be here, and Sorry. And um, it, um, it's extremely nice to have the guests um, who I uh, brought together today who will speak in great detail about literary, self-literary, um, uh, and musicological aspects. Sean Miller, who's an expert on music and painting, will be commentating and um, in suitably substantial ways. <laughs> and the rest of you, I think you you all sort of know what's going on. Um, the idea of uh, talking about a quartet or the figure of four obviously came uh, because we managed to secure the cool quartet to perform for us and that they'll do at the end of the day. They'll also be illustrating part of Christian's talk later this afternoon. But I decided to go for the figure of four selfishly so that I wouldn't have to talk about the quartet as such. And what I want to do is give you a wham bam <laughs> overview of everything I've thought about in the last year which is in the um, and I put it all on one page for you. Just to entertain you, I introduced the four-handed piano uh, duet of the Marx Brothers um, just because I want to introduce the theme of domestication and the quartet is a mode of house music um, which um, Christian will talk more about. My four themes today are Figuration, as in the figure before, typology, um, what, why the number four, discipline, 
which is bound up with the civilizing tendency in the history of all things, and the fourth theme of, of domestication. So I have four themes, and here is just your entertainment. why the arts, different arts, have competed with each other. And I'm specifically looking at the role of music, musicians, and their instruments in this contest. And what in German is called the rote Faden, the red thread, in my case is really blood red thread, because I'm focusing the whole book on the flame of Marcius. Mm. This is the Titian painting. And the reason I'm looking at this contest in particular is because the Apollo Marcius theme has been taken up by all the arts except music in the history of all things, which is one of the big claims in my book. So that's, I'm giving all my claims away and I haven't written the book, so don't steal them. Okay. So um, anyway, that's my first big claim is that uh, the Apollo Marcius uh, contest has been taken up by all the arts, but not the art of music until actually after the Holocaust and became very much a theme um, in uh, late 20th century art musical work. But that's a, a, a not what I'm talking I'm not talking about anything today except what I actually mentioned, but I'm mentioning things. So um, this is um, the, one of the main paintings. And so my question is for my book and for the talk today, why is music of such interest to the other arts? Why is it in the interest of the other arts to take up a musical theme? And then an associated question with that is why have so many musicians and their instruments, here's the next painting, um, Raphael Cecilia, why have so many musicians and specifically their instruments come to such a bad end? Why are there so many musicians mythically who have been killed, literally killed for playing music? And why particularly do we think about the brokenness of these instruments here. How do we think about that? And clearly this painting in particular raises distinctions between secular music and the sacred, the world, and what is one aspires to, the heavenly. Here you have specifically four persons around Cecilia that will become relevant later on. You have issues 
of music um, representing the temporality and the mortality of the secular world and the eternal divinity of the sacred world. All these kinds of themes embodied in a singular painting. Also you have the ascending tendency of Cecilia throwing away her last instrument with the pipes falling out so that she will go off. The final theme of this painting for us today is the um, difference between a secular marriage. She's on her way to a marriage which she gives up in order to marry the church or that you know the one who's higher and um, that theme of marriage as in Goethe is quite interesting for the theme of four. So we'll get to that. My favorite painting or representation today is the Peruzzi, um, this is from the Louvre in Paris, with the four musicians, here is Marcius. This has intrigued me now for four years. Um, we see Museus and Pan and Amphion and Marcius. It was designed as a panel for an actual organ and the question is, why would it be in the interest of an instrument builder to show pictures of musicians who were flayed for their musical art? Why would they do that? And there's quite a lot of instruments that show the figure of Apollo and Marcius and the, the figuration of that. And that's quite interesting too. But my other question today for this panel is why these four musicians in particular, why four? And why these four in particular? Why Musaeus, who was known to be an associate of poor Orpheus, and Orpheus had a really bad end, look, there he is being beaten up, and so on. And um, why do we see these four? And I've looked through the whole history of all things now to see if I can find these four names together in Pausanias and all, all, these, all these mythical historical texts. But I can't find any explanation yet for why these four in particular, and nobody else has either. But there are some interesting features of this picture, namely that you have two uh, well-closed, one unclosed, one in pastoral term, in a, a pastoral costume. So you get the movement from the animal to the pastoral, the countryside to the urban. And this development of clothing and unclothingness, um, you see a great deal in paintings. We'll see that in a little bit later on. Um, but again, the question is, uh, oh yeah, the other thing to contrast in this painting is these two play stringed instruments and these two play wind instruments. And the contest between Apollo and Marcius is a contest between strings and wind. Christian's going to tell us why the quartet emerged as a string ensemble as opposed to a wind ensemble. Why not the wind quartet? And why is it that the wind instrument <coughs> founded by Athena, under uh, one version of Aristotle, had such a bad history in relation to strings. And it's actually quite interesting that the metaphor of strings and winds becomes an abstract opposition that dominates enormously many um, philosophical texts. You see it in Hume, in Kant, and so on, and people keep referring to it. Because, so it becomes a real opposition between, is it the civilized and uncivilized, the harmonious and the disharmonious, the bleating and the soft, like soft emotions, hard emotions in Hume. I've forgotten the right language, hot and cold, or whatever, um, warm. 
something like this. So these kinds of things. But why these four um, in particular, and what is the significance of that? My theme today is that the reason why music becomes such a significant theme for the history of the other arts is because of the strange relationship between the very name music, as in museus, you think of music, but really you should think of the muses. And this is um, what I want to explain, as you know, there used to be many, many muses, not belonging to the arts of history and poetry and all the several muses, quite often they're shown playing an instrument, they're often associated with singing or music. But the truth is, if I go back to this, this is the schema of Boethius, that to have the term musicae meant to be, it used to mean inspired by the muses. And this is the claim, that at a certain point, the art of music, as in musica, appropriated the term of the muses, musicae, people mistranslate it now in the literature, and set up a contest so that it became in the interest of all the other arts to make a claim that they were just as musicae as music as an art. So it became very significant in the medieval, into the Renaissance, into later periods, for the arts to claim that they were musical, in fact, even more musical than the art of music. So this is a strange thing about the contest of the arts, that it, there's a significant way in which when painting and poetry compete, they often compete in relation to making a claim about their musicality, about their ability to say and show and represent and express, but to make a claim that they are musical in the sense of being muse-inspired. But they use the term musical for this. And the musicality of painting and poetry, as you know, is a dominant theme in the history of all things, but it takes on a very particular significance in the contest between the arts. Um, and Boethius shows this as well. He divides his musica, um, what's it, musica humana, musica mundana. No, mundana is the harmonious at the top, then humana, then musica <coughs> instrumentalis. He puts the art of music specifically under the schema of divine music and mor morality. And music becomes the art most closely linked with notions of harmony. So one way of thinking about the contest of the arts is that in this trifold schema <coughs> of things, it's the other arts who want to kick out musica instrumentalis and put themselves there and say, we too can be moral and divine in this musical sense, why should the art of music have a priority on this? And that's one way in which to think about the context of the arts, the role of music, in, um, specifically in relation to this. Now, um, having said that, um, there's um, a wonderful <coughs> staging um, in the 18th century by Herder of the contest of the arts where Apollo is in conversation with music and poetry primarily, the two arts here, this is Apollo, and here are two instruments, here's a double pipe, going back to Athena and Marcius. This is presumably, presumably, 
music and poetry, and the principle of Herder's essay, when he stages his contest of the arts, is to say that uh, when music says, oh, but Apollo, I am uh, the art of music, literally, I sit on your lap, although she's, a father, he, she's daughter, the father, but anyway, we'll leave that alone. She sits on his lap and says, I have a closer relationship to you, what I play on my lute, you produce on your divine lute. And Apollo turns around and says, you may think you have a special claim on me, my daughter, but in fact you don't. I am the god over all the arts. And he actually, this is a good picture for saying, it's not just one art I'm going to favor, but all the arts. And in fact, in Herder's contest, he's really hard on the art of music. He's really, really mean. And all this music suffering as a daughter is linked to music as a muse, all the anthropomorphification of the arts. Here's another paragonal picture by Angelika Kaufmann, where she, this is called a self-portrait, <coughs> but Kaufmann identifies herself as the art of poetry, but she does it through the painterly medium. So here's the painter, the musician, and the poet, and this one, the painter, points up. Now, is she saying, I am the one who has the divine source. I am making a claim which you to other arts can't make. This is staged through painting. So, so which one is being t given the favor here? Or has the contest of the arts been equalized out so they all, all stand as equal to one another? What happened? So is this a horizontalizing or ascending tendency? Um, this is what I was talking about in an earlier lecture this week. So what is going on in this? And why does she point out here? That's usually a sign of divine inspiration um, from uh, sacred iconographical painting, as we know. So anyway, I'm interested um, in this question of what, what role music plays in the arts and why it is that we have this figure of four. This is actually a figure of three. There are many, but no, but this is a question. Um, this is extremely interesting. because I'm going to try and provide an answer to that. First of all, I just wanted to show you that the figure of four always plays a relation with this traditional um, mystical numerology, as you know. There's all this um, history of numbers. Um, 4 plus 3 equals 7, 7 plus 3 equals 10. There's a whole mysticism of numbers. So this is what I found in terms of the history of painting. Why number 4? What is 4 associated with? 4 is associated with the number 40, as in 40 days, biblical, 40 years in the wilderness, 40 years of the reign of the Old Testament kings. But in the history, um, of all things again, you have the four rivers of paradise, the four quarters of the world, the four parts of heaven, the four winds, the four directions, north, south, east, west, the four elements, earth, wind, air, and water, the four seasons, the four continents, the four lunar phases, the four ages or stages of life, the four beasts, the four birds, the four angels, the four prophecies, the four blessings, the four curses, the four rings on the Ark of the Covenant, the four priests, the four saints, the four disciples, the four apostles, the four gospel books of the New Testament. Um, you have four points on the cross, 
you have the four characters, the four temperaments, the four dispositions, the four virtues. I related the four advancements in learning. You have four horsemen as in the apocalypse, you have four trees, you have four watches. Um, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> and then um, you have, most importantly, the four repetitions, and the multiple repetitions here, and the four reasons in the rational construction of the universe. And I have pictures for each, but I can't possibly have here four <coughs> elements of time, four stages of the calendar from Mexico, the four seasons painted in the 19th century by four different painters. Around 1800, we're beginning the history of the quartet in a certain sense. But this is the, um, around 1800, the concept of musicality for musique was the concept introduced into the general discourse of sub substantive German noun, das musikalische. And interestingly, this term, das musikalische, musicality, which is what all the arts are making a claim on, all arts aspire to the condition of musicality, Peter should have said, right? Um, this notion of musicality entered into the literature for painting and poetry before it entered the domain of music. Music doesn't actually need to make the claim that it's musical because it's an assumption that it makes. Painting and poetry by claiming musicality put into question the musicality of music. That's extremely interesting. But it entered actually through Schiller um, primarily into poetry and painting before it entered into music. It only became a term for music by Berlioz in the 1830s, which is interesting here. When musicality became linked to um, uh, music and um, painting and poetry around 1800, it came to be attached to the notion of a symphony and not to the quartet. Why a symphony? Because the symphony emerged in just this time under the condition of symphonism, which is also a metaphor, <coughs> with the notion of having four movements. And the symphony of the four movements became the dominant metaphor for the discourse. Why not the term quartet? Because quartet emerged as a musical ensemble genre, as a form of domestic, primarily domestic house music first, before it got into the public function. And I think Christian maybe can shout a bit for that, but he's going to continue that theme. I'm going to continue with this theme of the symphony of four movements to ask the question why the symphony of four movements not three or five like grand opera when does opera have four movements when it becomes a ring cycle right four right four parts of the ring why do i say that because the notion of a symphony of four movements has its origins as a metaphor in aristotle's doctrine of the four causes as four ways of explaining our knowledge through the notion of cause, what um, constitutes knowledge. Once you've got Aristotle's four, cause, four causes as dominant in literature, you quickly get to Schopenhauer's early dissertation of 1813, which is um, the fourfold root 
um, of whatever it's called, the principle of sufficient reason, the four-fourth root, when that's worked out in 1818 becomes the world as will and representation. And I could almost give an entire lecture on the figure of four just by analysing the structure of the world as will and representation because the world of representation is in four levels, there are four levels of music and everything works in foursomes, four books. Thomas Mann called Schopenhauer's text one of the greatest symphonies in four movements ever written, ever composed. So this notion of having a symphony in four movements becomes the dominant notion. Why is that interesting? Because the will um, giving as the blind striving will in Schopenhauer gives rise to a world that is then structured according to the <coughs> principle of four. But the, where the world as representation is the Apollonian world of order and fourfold structure, the drive of the will is the breakage, the dissonant drive that brings disharmony into the um, harmoniously structured world. So the will keeps breaking the world as representation. Schopenhauer's model thus becomes an exemplification of something he learned from Goethe, and from um, quite often but by reading something like Elective Affinities, Waldschaftschaften, where you have this construction of a happy family that is actually unthreaded by that, um, some underlying force, which is almost a chemistry. Um, in the Goethe's Wahlverwandtschaften, you have the single name of Otto becoming the ground, or kind of ur name of all the four characters of the Goethe novel, Charlotte, Ottilia, um, der Hoffmann, and the last one, who was the last one? Edward's second name is Otto in the text. So you have a, a nominal theme. But there is this relationship between these, um, these sort of will and representation, the, the appearance of order and the notion of disorder. So my, my actual thesis today is why four? The foursome captures two by two fold tensions in the history of the arts um, that you need to not just one opposition but you need two oppositions playing against each other. One of the most dominant fourfold or two, two times twofold oppositions actually comes um, in the, um, I'm going to show you this one. This is the best explanation of four that I could find. Um, this is the ages of man. I want to show it to you here. Um, this one, in the four sons of the Haggadah, which is the, like Aristotle, the tension between wisdom and ignorance and youth and age. And there's a whole thing between, this actually takes on Christian iconography to show these tensions between going from ignorance to wisdom and from youth to age. And you need these two tensions to work through. And this occurs in a great deal of the painting we see. That nevertheless is not a musical tension, but you do get the musical tension in many different ways. There are many, many paintings called the Four Ages of Man, but also called the Concert. You must be very suspicious of titles of these paintings. They're all misleading. But you have a concert 
with four. I just want to show you some examples. The famous one um, that says Giorgione Walter Pater said it was by Giorgione to explain the musicality of painting, but now it's known to be by Titian. This is a concert with three, but linked to Giorgione's Three Ages of Man. And the biggest debate here is that um, this is also about music. This is actually about singers. The question is, why should the three ages of man be linked to the notion of a concert or the four ages of man to people who are producing music together? And the answer is this, that not one of these is shown singing. There is no indication of anything musical going on. So the question is, how does painting become musical without actually having a musical subject matter? The reverse question is this, how does a painting that has musical subject matter actually turn out not to be about music? This actually is about three persons, um, here they're playing, they're also not singing, but this is analysed as a painting between three figures in terms of their status or age or their social roles. Here's the question. Um, or here's the main point about musicality and painting. You can see paintings that have a musical subject matter that don't make a claim on musicality, but you can have paintings that don't have a musical subject matter that are making a claim on musicality. And you can see this in Renaissance painting long before you see this in modernism, where it becomes a very obvious theme. Because I know I haven't got much time, I'm going to give you just another example to do with the quartet. I have these nice examples of two naked again and two closed. Another one, this is Giorgione's, maybe Giorgione, uh, the concert. Is it about music? They're playing a flute, here's strings, two naked, two closed. What is going on? Is this a painting about music? It's called the concert sometimes. But is it in any way about music? This is a claim for the contest of the arts. And here's this one of Orpheus, again, too naked. Here's Orpheus playing the violin or the violin and so on. Again, what is the structure of clothing and nakedness, the rural setting? In what sense does this become about music? But I just want to go, these were all my saints and angels. I just want to, this is what the one I want to go to here. Also, in the, do, do you have this quote, Christian, in your talk? No. no. Oh, good. Okay. So here's Rousseau's Dictionary of Music, 1768. A quartet. This is a name given to pieces of vocal or instrumental music for solo parts. There are no two quartets, or they are not worth nothing. They are worth nothing. Sorry, they're not worth nothing. <laughs> they are worth nothing. In a good quartet, the parts must practically alternate because in all harmony, there are only two parts at the most which may, may make melody and which the ear can distinguish at the same time. The two others are but pure padding, and one must not use pure padding in a quartet. Danko is the second violinist, right? <laughs> This is an interesting thing, of course, because it's in the 1760s where the quartet hasn't fully emerged yet. But there's a whole history 
about the quartet before the quartet. There's a really interesting history of how the quartet figures as a metaphor for four voices or for the distinction in the body between the four voices and so on. And again, the question is, why four? Why is music divided into these four parts? Historically, I asked my dad, you know, because he's a source of all things, and I said, hey dad, why, why actually do we have four lines, you know, in music? Four, and he said, um, that, well, the question would be, does the division of the voice follow the musical decision to divide for four for some other reason? Or is it just nature, the, the, the nature of the body demanding that it be divided up? And according to most accounts, as far as I can find out, is that nature comes afterwards. The division of the voices into soprano, alto, tenor, bass comes after the decision musically to have the four things. It's to do with early forms of notation, apparently. But maybe Krista knows more about that. But anyway, Rousseau, believing only in melody and harmony, thinks there's only a one-fold opposition and doesn't yet see the potential for four to come into a two-fold opposition, which would be a more interesting thing for the 19th century. My last example today, although I'm again rushing through this, is just the history of representation of the quartet. I said that there you are, <laughs> at last. It's horrible, isn't it? Is um, that, um, again, the question is, what constitutes musicality in painting? That being the dominant question here. And you have here a quartet. Is this in any, in any sense making a claim on musicality? So here's the next one. This is a marvelous one. This was a really, really influential painting. It was a great success. I could only get it from a book because it's in private collection and that you can't get it on the web. So I actually went um, where was it? some country I was in recently. Oh, in Berlin, <laughs> to the art shop and found this here. So this is a, um, a very standard quartet of gentlemen lined up, yet put into Greek clothing to give it uh, this feeling of antiquity. Um, but you have the three muses um, in their sort of transparent cloths, or where you can see their naked figures, <coughs> and all this issue of Winkelmann stuff between the nude and the figuration of the cloth, and so on. Um, this accounts as a kind of symphonism paradoxically, more than a quartet, even though he wants to show something about the expertise of this ensemble. The musicality itself is linked more to the notion of the symphony, as symphony being a metaphor for something like world harmony. And how does he generate this notion of world harmony? By alluding back to something in antiquity that gives it the 19th century this originating muse um, element. So it's, it's this kind of claim. You have to, all the time we're working between literal art and the metaphor of music. It's a, it's a different way of thinking about the history of abstraction and painting. Or this claim, all arts aspire to the condition of music. If you turn the term to musicality, then all the symbolist painting and all this take, it takes on a much more agonistic 
urgent sort of uh, an, an urgency. So here's um, another one. He says uh, of here's a musician again. He says anachronism is the soul of art. Anachronism is what provides the musicality. It's not fabulous. Here are some later ones where you see the actual quartet represented, figured, instruments start to be dom dominate over the representation of the persons, moving into abstraction, well, much later, 1996, by three quartets. Three times four is 12, six panels, six lines, who knows? By three, by four, the notion of 12, and we're getting to squares. The colors, the colors also. Yeah, there's more than three. Four, 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 four colors. Twelve. 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 Right. Four panels. Where does the music come in? Through the title, through the content, through the figuration, through the refiguration, through abstraction. And then um, once you start to get these kinds of things, you start to get um, the quartet conceived in terms of pure sound into pure time, then into pure space, and then into pure shape. And I just want to give you, and once you've got into pure shape, you start to get into the complex issues of time as historical time, time as temporality. Um, and this works through the quartet. Um, I just want to, oh, I have the Beatles just to remind you that there are other quartets. <laughs> <laughs> that was for Stephen, because he's been telling me about football all week. Why four? How many games require four players as a matter of essence, or you know, as a necessary bridge. condition? There's bridge. Can you think of any more? I, I looked it up on the web because I couldn't think of any more than bridge, and I found... If you think of bridge as a game. Yeah. <laughs> 500 games with the, the four players, but they're all from other countries. Really weird ones. I've never seen so many strange games. This is called the figure of four. That was yeah. the only representation <laughs> in wrestling where you get your legs intertwined. <laughs> Quite erotic. Yeah, there were very strange pictures here. I got into the porn channel when I went to the wrestling with the figure of four, because apparently the pictures do this. Now this is the last one. I wanted to. Um, do you know this? Have you just for a sec. around, and you're walking around, 
and the aim is never actually to coincide with another, to, to in a sense, create your own space of movement within a completely confined space so that you don't jolt and hit things like billiard balls. And this interesting idea of, uh, actually there are four figures, <laughs> um, and the, <coughs> to create the notion of movement within imprisoned space. And um, uh, somebody uh, posed a question in relation to this as the um, quadrat, um, how we why is cages four minutes and 33 seconds? Four minutes and 33 seconds. Why, what, why did he pick that, that actual segment of time? So all this question, why four, why three, why put fours and threes together is, um, you know, my last example is this. This is um, one of my favorite <laughs> artists at the moment, um, Christian Markley, who is extremely interesting because he works on the um, technology of music and he produces these amazing installation pieces that are about broken records. So he's actually working with the sort of Benjaminian passing of time in terms of technology and how the, what the technology can produce. And what he has done here is produce a quartet of four videos that draws on the entire history of music through clips. Well, the question is, does it produce a new kind of harmony, or does it maintain the, the rupture and dissonance in the history of music? What does the foursome create as a notion? I mean, Goethe called the quartet a civilizing conversation, or a conversation between civilized men. What is this notion of civilized? really mean if you're talking about families of four. So let me just show you one second of this. But you actually have to see the four together. Um, notion of a quartet 
in its modern form, it's as, as in the musical ensemble, and taken back to this much more uh, metaphorical status. It's only a, by understanding music as a metaphor, under the guise of the muses and muse inspiration and musicality, do you understand the role of music and why it was taken up as this contentious art in this contest between painting and poetry and the other arts. So that's rather a dense sentence, but that's pretty much what I wanted to close. So thank you. Thank you very much.